morning and welcome to Monday Medicine, the pastor's perspective on your problems. And this is Pastor Richard Lejeune. And this is Pastor Curtis King. Hey, good morning, Pastor Richard. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. I'm doing real well. Real well. I'm I'm well rested, well fed, very happy. How about you? Know, you? you look, I am doing great. As we say down south, I'm happier than a wet pig in the sunshine. So you look great, man. Uh, Vermont has been good to you. And uh, no more splotchy, ugly blemishes all over your face. No more bags under your eyes. No more. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You never had any of that. <laughs> it's amazing uh, what the Vermont air will do to a uh, smog filled, smog lung filled <laughs> Connecticut soul. <laughs> uh, you get that New York City smog blowing your direction, right? Yes. The haze just drifts. Uh, what percentage? What percentage of the people who live in Stratford work in New York City? Would you say? Just a guess. Ooh, you know, it's changed a lot with the pandemic because most people who work in New York now just do it remotely from home. But prior okay. to the pandemic, I would say twenty percent, fifteen percent. Goodness, we have a train that runs uh, right into Grand Central Station that stops in Stratford. And a whole lot of people take take that train. It's about an hour and 10 minute ride. And they just do it every day. They, they take yeah, it in yeah. Grand Central Station and then from there, wherever they need to go. So, yeah. So, so you are, um, you're suburban, but you're, but uh, I'm, we're, we are urban here, but you're suburban, but you probably have more people within a two mile radius of your church than we do of ours, I would assume. Yeah, I, I don't remember the exact statistics, but where we are is filled with a bunch of um, middle, mid-sized towns, 50, 40, 50, 60, 70,000. And yeah. I can leave our church parking lot and be about in about seven or eight of those towns with that, with that population within about 20 minutes. Oh my goodness, uh, Maybe wow. closer to 12 of those towns in 20 minutes. So, you know, yeah. we've got major highways that connect all kinds of directions. And yeah, there has to be a quarter of a million people within... 20 minute, 20 minutes of our church. Within that our is just absolutely amazing. We, yeah. I think within an hour of here, there's like one point, Oh goodness. I want to say 1.3 million, but um, it doesn't feel like it um, because a lot of that is the, the Buffalo suburbs. And a lot of it is that's Canadian, um, you know, uh, Niagara Falls, St. Catharines. Um, you can be in, in, if you can get over the bridge quickly, you can be in Hamilton, Ontario in, um, you know, an hour and 15 minutes and, and Hamilton is enormous. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's a, it's a Toronto suburb, but it, it's a city in itself. And, but uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Part um, of a metropolis. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, we're, where we are here in Stratford, we obviously have New York city and a lot of New York cities pushed out to where we are now. Um, we've had a ton of New Yorkers move in to Stratford uh, lately, but then we also have New Haven where Yale university is. 20 mm-hmm. minutes away. And then we have Bridgeport, which is the largest city in Connecticut, 15 minutes away. We're, we're kind of s- sitting between the Bridgeport and New Haven. So we're suburbia to three large cities right in Stratford. So we've got, Goodness. we've got all kinds of uh, uh, people right around us. It's pretty great. I did not realize that. I did not realize that. Wow. Now. Okay. So, all right. It's so a New Haven, Bridgeport, New York city. So how far are you from Hartford? Well, that's 45 minutes. 45 minutes. Okay. If you Will drive, the whalers you drive like a Connecticuter, back? you <laughs> drive like a Connecticut, <laughs> it's 45 minutes. If you drive the speed, it's probably more like an hour, hour or five. But, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> there too, huh? <laughs> so are the Whalers ever going to come back? I would love, love to have the Whalers come back. They were gone long before I got here, but man, I'm yeah, telling you, yeah. they have such a loyal fan base. Yes, I see they do. people on a regular basis wearing Whalers uh, yes. paraphernalia. So. And they may have the best theme song in all of sports. Have you can can you I don't do you know remember it. their theme song? No, but when I, I we're know. done, you got to look it up. You got to look it up. Okay, it is um man, it is it, it has a uh, college football feel to it. Okay, so uh, anyway, pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Well, man, we we have a new theme today, don't we? We sure do. We sure we do. do. But um, we can't get to the theme until we get to the joke of the day. I want to make sure before we give the joke of the day that I clarify: we recorded <laughs> the last two episodes back to back. So I am, uh, I am not in Vermont for two straight weeks. Okay. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> By the time you you're watching this, I've been back in uh, my place in Connecticut for well over a week. So you're, okay. you're a little paranoid about that. You're worried. Yeah, about I you am. Don't think I don't you live on vacation. <laughs> yeah, preachers are lazy. My joke actually lends toward that this week anyway. So I don't want, I don't, I don't want people to think that I'm just, uh, living on uh, living the good life on vacation. So well, because we are well, we are pre-recording um, this uh, a pretty good bit in advance, mainly because you're you're gone, but we're getting you there. But I'm leaving um, to go to California. Uh, Jan and I are going to babysit uh, Silas next week. Which, when people are watching this, it will be last week that we were babysitting Silas, and um, so uh, our schedules have been. But now you are getting ready to go to Peru. I right? am. And we, you had talked about us recording one with, is it called, uh, you say I'll, it. I'll let you try. You don't want to try? Okay. It's, <laughs> it's um, something Piku, Manchu Piku, something. I don't know. <laughs> you say it. You're, you're killing me here. Right? You, you just want to make me look stupid, right? <laughs> and you succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> it's Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu. Yes. Yep, that's See, how you say it. If I had a thousand tries, I would not have gotten it on one. Machu Picchu. Okay. Yes. So are we going to try to do that or no? I, I don't know. It's fine with me if you think we can pull it off. Well, it's going to all be about internet connection. Um, I, I, if if we can record with that in the background, with that in my background, that would be fantastic. It, it's going to be logistically challenging to pull off, but hey, we'll we'll give it a shot. We'll see what we can do. Well, I got. I think it'd be the coolest thing if we could uh, have you there and then have me with Falls Niagara Falls behind us. That would be. But awesome. uh, I can tell you right now, the the uh, coverage down there would not be the yeah. best. Uh, there may uh-huh. be some way to boost it somehow, but you know me, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not yeah. looking for that kind of stuff. <laughs> okay, so we do not know who won last week's yes, we joke do. of the week. No, we don't. No, we Come don't. Come on. I right? know I won. Come on. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll just, we'll just go ahead and say that I won two weeks in a row, <laughs> but it was a tiebreaker. Okay. Because the first week you won and then the second mm-hmm. week I won and we, we don't know. We both know my joke was better. I, I had a, I'm looking at my joke. The, the, what my joke was a little plaque, you mm-hmm. know, the dentist. Okay. Yep. Man, that's a good joke. That was a good joke. So you go first. You give your joke first, and then I'll give mine, and then we're going to get into the spiritual stuff. All right. So (laughs) my joke of the week is this. Three boys on the playground were bragging about their dads. All right. One said, my dad scribbles a few words, calls it a song. They pay him 50 bucks. Oh, yeah. Uh, My dad scribbles a few words, calls it a poem, and they pay him 100 bucks. 
That's nothing, said the third kid. He said, my dad scribbles a few words, calls it a sermon. It takes six people to collect all the money. (laughs) (laughs) If only, if only. (laughs) Oh, that's good. That is good. Did Matthew make up that joke? Was he the boy in the playground? Oh, yeah. Why are you you picking on my joke and Matthew at the same time? (laughs) Come on now. Okay, here we go. So here's my joke. Okay, what's the difference between a clown and an athletic rabbit? The difference between a clown and an athletic rabbit. Okay, one is a bit funny and the other is a fit bunny. <laughs> okay. okay, we may as well just go ahead and give this one to you. Okay. What I would say is all, all the listeners say, just have mercy on me, okay? You don't have to make fun of me in the comments. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, that's awful. That's awful. Well, hey, why don't you start us off? Tell everybody where we're headed with this today. With our, This is going to be good. Um, this is going to be really good. Why don't you tell everybody where we're going? Well, as we are thinking through how we can best help um, provide spiritual medicine uh, to to each of us. Uh, we we've talked about friendship, we've talked about bitterness, but we feel that if uh, the ultimate solution is that we are to live by the Holy Spirit of God with Him uh, on the throne of each of our hearts, because whatever obstacle or hardship or hurt uh, comes uh, our way, if the Holy Spirit is in charge, then you have God. Uh, living within you, you're a temple, you have God living within you, he's going to be able to lead you and guide you into all truth. And we know John 8, 32 says the truth will make you free. And that's where we want to be is with truth, the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us uh, each and every step of the way. And so I have found Pastor King in my uh, 30 plus years of being saved that getting my old stubborn flesh out of the way and letting the Holy Spirit be in charge, me yielding to the Holy Spirit of God is one of the most challenging things uh, to do. So uh, if we can learn to live a disciplined life with the Holy Spirit uh, ruling and reigning in our heart, and that's the normal, uh, not the exception to the rule, boy, I, I think that that provides all of the medicine we need to be able to survive just about whatever uh, Satan and sin and, and the world can throw at us. Spirit-filled Christian living ultimately is the answer to healing. Spirit-filled Christian living. Uh, You know, Richard, what I'd like to say to this before we get into Galatians, uh, which is the passage we're going to kind of pick up as as our study for these these, uh, sessions, that have you ever thought how cool it would be that when you're sick, how cool it would be if you lived with a doctor? You know, I mean, if... You know, if, if your wife was a medical doctor and you could say, hey, honey, listen to my cough and tell me what you think. And she's, oh, well, that's this, this and this, you know, well, let me get my stethoscope. And oh, well, I can take, you know, but um, or if you had a reliable medical handbook, you know, rather than just Googling your symptoms, <laughs> you know. But, you know, as Christians, when we have emotional wounds, when we have spiritual wounds, we have a medical handbook in the Bible and we live with a doctor, the Holy Spirit. So when we're talking about living the spirit-filled Christian life, and that is the ultimate source of healing, it is. You live with the emotional healing, spiritual healing doctor. He's there inside of you if you're born again. And um, 
So we're going to look at Galatians, and uh, I'm so excited about this. Um, would you like to begin? Uh, sure. Uh, Galatians 5, we're going to be looking at verse 16 down through the end of the chapter over this week and next week, and uh, just kind of taking it a verse at a time and, and uh, sharing our thoughts on it. Verse 16 says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Uh, this verse tells us that uh, only one or the other uh, can be in charge because they're diametrically opposed to one another. Mm-hmm. Either the spirit is leading you or your flesh is leading you. Uh, that verse could be, be read the opposite way. This I say, then walk in the flesh and you shall not fulfill um, the desires of the spirit. Yeah. And if we're not, if we're not uh, spirit led, then we're lust and flesh led. And so um, we, we need to make sure that we are taking the time to do exactly what that verse says. And that is walk in the spirit. Pastor King, how do we walk in the spirit? You know, the, the answer to that is in the following verses. Okay. Um, it, it, as we, as we work through this today and, and next week, we're going to see two lists that are given a list of the works of the flesh. That's verse um, 19, uh, in 2021, we're going to see the list of the fruits of the spirit, verse 22 and 23. And really uh, what I would encourage a person to do, if you want to know how to walk, walk in the spirit, I think it has to begin by you opening your Bible to Galatians chapter five, looking at the first list of the works of the flesh, looking at the second list, the fruits of the spirit and seeing the stark contrast. Okay. Um, God has, has, graciously blessed you with a Bible of your own. You, do you realize what a privilege that is? You know, we're, we're just barely a little ways beyond the 500 year mark of the uh, William Tyndale burning at the stake. Okay. I don't know if people even grasp the significance of that, but you have been blessed to own a Bible of your own and you need to put your eyes on it. Okay. You need to put your eyes on it. It's great that you're listening to our podcast and that you watch and see our interaction because Pastor Rich and I, we love each other. We're, we're just dearest of friends and we, our interaction is always fun. But, you know, the truth of the matter is if, if, we, if we are attracting you to us because we have fun, thank you for tuning in. But ultimately what he and I are trying to do is to get your eyes on your Bible, Right you know, and put your eyes on Galatians five and compare those two lists and, and ask yourself, which one are you following? Cause what pastor Richard said, if, if you, if you, um, uh, let me go back to the verse, um, walk in the spirit, fulfill what you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you walk in the flesh, you won't fill the desires of the spirit. If you're, if you're fulfilling both the spirit and the flesh, you're going to get ripped in two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because they're going in opposite directions. So uh, that's what I would say. The first thing is you got to get your eyes on these lists. You got to get your eyes on these. I want to uh, show you something real quick here. Uh, I don't know if you can see this, but yeah, building below the baseline. This is a, a book that we've been studying in our adult Bible study uh, here at Calvary. Um, we've been in this book for literally for months now. And on uh, chapter seven in this book, it's on uh, uh, being filled with the spirit. The idea of building below the baseline is that, when you build a building, you can't build the building up until you build the building down. You've got to build things beneath the surface before you can build anything above the surface. And the classic example of that is the Leaning Tower of Pisa. 
that it, it's leaning for a reason and they have spent millions and millions of dollars to keep it from leaning any further than it's already leaning. But the problem with the leaning tower pieces is, is there's, there's not enough of it underground to support what's above ground. And I, I believe the reason why you and I as preachers have seen so many people crash is because they see all of the externals of Christian living Right. You know, you come to church, you smile real big, you know, you put on your Sunday best, you know, and you're singing power in the blood and, uh, you know, and you're doing all these external things that everybody sees, but there's nothing below the baseline. There's nothing beneath the surface. And so what I would say to you that beneath the surface, there've got to be a number of things, but what a powerful verse. Um, when, when I, when I started on, uh, on that, you know, here in New York, I, I think Connecticut people are very similar to New York people. There is a, a blunt honesty here yes. that you and I probably did not experience in the South. No. Right. In the South, I, I don't know why. Okay. I'm not going to say because I don't believe that it's because of hypocrisy. I don't think that. <laughs> but I do think that there is, you just don't air out your dirty laundry publicly down South. Like you do up here, up here. If you've got a struggle, you just don't mind blurting it out. Okay. So I started talking about this in our Sunday night Bible study. And we got this great guy at our church and, um, and just in front of everybody, he, he says, you know, he said, I'm really struggling with smoking. He said, I just, I, I, I just, I've tried to quit. I just can't quit. What do I do? Okay. And I immediately said that I've got a number of go-to verses that I use over certain issues that people struggle with. And when someone is struggling with something like nicotine, they're struggling with something like marijuana, they're struggling with something like pornography, they're struggling with, you know, just whatever. That verse, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust. That is my go-to verse. It is my go-to verse because the truth of the matter is you, you cannot do both. If you are walking in the spirit, you will have victory over the flesh. So this is the go-to verse. So, so there you go. That's, that's kind of my introduction to it. And the answer to your question. I, I would, I would add to that about walking in the spirit. It's a, it's not just a day by day choice. It's a yeah. moment by moment choice. I know in my life, uh, there've been times where, I've got three, four, five hours in a row where, man, I am walking with the Lord <laughs> on you know, fire, sensitive to his leanings and, 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 you know, that spirit of prayer. And, you know, if I do step out of bounds, uh, briefly, uh, and, and do something wrong, I'm quick to bow my head and confess it. And then lo and behold, it's like a light switch flips. Uh, and, and all of a sudden I'm walking, I'm not walking in the spirit. Um, I've gone off and now, you know, whether it's someone said something that angered me or someone cut me off in traffic, uh, or a, a certain situation occurred, maybe my children did something. Uh, I would use my wife as an example, but she's perfect. Amen. Um, <laughs> Amen. but Amen. you know, uh, some, somebody does or says something to me and all of a sudden I just feel the flesh just take over in an mm. instant. And <laughs> that can throw me off for hours or in some cases, even, even days. And then there's this getting back to walking in the spirit. I, I heard a preacher say once, he said, Paul was far more godly than I am. And Paul said, I die daily. He said, if Paul needed to die daily, then I need to die hourly. <laughs> I yeah. need to take that time every hour and just say my flesh, I'm going to kill the desires of the flesh. 
and I'm going to recommit to walking in the spirit. So, you know, what's scary. It's scary how much you and I are alike <laughs> because the guy that I mentioned that, that talked about his struggle with nicotine and, and I, and I gave him verse 16 here. Um, I followed it up with exactly what you just said about Paul said, I die daily, but yet I don't think dying daily is enough. I, everything you just said, probably, so probably a lot of it was word for word. What I said right behind me upstairs over yeah. that. So yeah. I, I think we may be brothers from another mother or something like that. I don't know, but um, brilliant minds this, think. Maybe we have the same spirit of God leading us into truth. I, 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 I don't know. Uh, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it could be. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Well, so it's, I, it's just important that we learn to, I, I think in my life, Pastor King, being cognizant of the fact that I am a temple I have the Holy Spirit of God living in me who has to coexist with my sin when I do wrong. Not that he's sinning, but he's he's present to witness it and, and just kind of have to hold his nose and deal with it. Being aware of that um, drives me to my knees so often to confess my sin and and try not to, to live that way, to not become complacent about sin in my life. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, you know, Richard, um, I, I know we want to, not just spend the whole time on verse 16. We got a lot of ground to cover. And I know we both want to get into verse 17 because we were talking about that before we started recording. But I will I will say this that don't you think that the language of 21st century Christians has has changed a lot since first century Christians? Uh, if you read through the book of Acts, you read about being filled with the Spirit over and over and over and over and over again. And I do think that as Baptists, okay, which you and I are, we are Baptist born, Baptist bred. When we die, we're Baptist dead or we're all that stuff. But um, I do think sometimes maybe us, uh, we as Baptists have have shied away from this because maybe we've seen something in, in, in groups that talk about being filled with the Spirit a lot that, that scares away that we may not see as biblical. But what I would say is that somehow we have got to, we have got to, get a better handle on what spirit-filled Christian living really is. And I would ask a, a watcher or listener here today, who are you living the Christian life for? Are you living it for your wife or your husband? Are you living it for your pastor or for your boss? Are you living it for your kids because you think that your kids will grow up to be better if they see dad or mom? Or are you living it to please the Lord Okay, the love of Christ constrains me. If you are living the Christian life for anybody but the Lord, and I get it, you you do want to raise good kids, and you do want your wife to be happy with you, and you want your boss to be pleased, and you want to help the pastor at church. I'm on board with all of that, but there is a greater call than that. So walking in the Spirit has everything to do with walking in the Spirit. So. Can I add one more? I know we may just get through 16, uh, we're 23 minutes in here, but I, I yeah. want to add one more thought to that. The, the Holy Spirit of God is in the Trinity. He is the one that is in the background throughout the Bible. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's that still small voice. He's, he's quiet. He's the gentleman. They're all gentlemanly, but he, of the three, he's the meekest of the three. You don't walk with the spirit unless you're spending time each day to get alone to a quiet place and meditate on the truths of God and intentionally get your heart in line with what he wants. Yeah. 
because he's not loud and boisterous. He's not going to hit you over the head with a stick. Uh, he's a dove. He's a dove. He may poke you on the inside when you do wrong. He is going to poke you if you're saved, going, going to convict you. But if you're not taking time each day and even several times throughout the day to walk with him and, and get in tune with him uh, and learn to hear his voice, then you cannot walk in the spirit. Uh, I think many Christians are so busy running the hamster wheel of life that they they never yeah. slow down long enough to even realize the Holy Spirit lives within them and is is trying to communicate to them. So this is when a pastor says, read your Bible and pray. Uh, there are a lot <laughs> of good benefits that come out of reading your Bible and praying. But one of them, one of them at the top of the list is that this gives you a chance to understand and hear uh, the the voice of the spirit of God. And so he can guide you and lead you. I'm so glad you said that. I've heard people over the years make fun of preachers for saying, you know, I, I preachers just tell me just read my Bible and pray more. Well, hello. <laughs> yes. I mean, there is power in the word and there is power in prayer. You know, you can mock it all you want. Like we're giving you shallow counsel, but there's nothing shallow to that. Being in the word and being in prayer is is necessary in, in walking in the spirit. So, hey, let, why don't we, I know we, we're 25 minutes into this. Why don't we go ahead and just tiptoe into verse number 17 a little bit? Because you had a great insight on this before we, um, uh, before we started um, recording today. Um, what, what, Richard, why don't you read the first few verses of verse 17 and tell everybody what you, you were saying when, before we started. The Bible says in Galatians chapter five or seventeen, for the flesh, right? For the, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Um, there's a war that is going on, an ideological war, a moral war that's going on between the the lust of the flesh and the spirit of God. And anyone who is saved and has wanted to do right and failed knows what that war is like. In fact, Paul articulated that quite well in Romans chapter seven, uh, when he said the things that I want to do, I end up not doing. And sometimes I feel like I can't do them um, because the flesh just takes over. It's important to understand that you cannot please both. You cannot have a foot in with the spirit of God and, and, and appease him or make him happy and then give in and cave to the flesh. Um, they're, they're just, polar opposites. And this is the war every Christian experiences, Pastor King. Not only can you not please the flesh and the spirit, but the flesh and the spirit can't please you. Okay. It, it's a, it's a reciprocal relationship that, that I get a lot, I can get a lot of joy out of the flesh if that's the route I want to go. But we all know that's just a temporary joy. I can get an incredible amount of joy out of the spirit, but they, it, it all works together. I would tell everybody that if, if this was a transcript and you were reading this, what pastor Richard just said about Romans seven, you should put a highlighter over it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that of everything that we talk about here today, what he just said, comparing verse 17 to Romans seven, highlight it, put a star next to it. Let Roman candles shoot out from both sides of it. Um, because if, if Paul had a war, going on between the flesh and the spirit. Well, then, then so do I, so do I. And, um, you know, a while ago we were talking about, um, dying daily and as opposed to dying hourly, don't you think that we as in the 21st century are bombarded with more distractions than Paul ever was? 
I mean, you know, you can scroll through Instagram and you can in one second see a scripture verse on Instagram that just blesses you and encourages you. And then you can scroll two seconds later and see some dumb comments by a mate that, that can infuri- infuriates you. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. So, so, you know, it's even hour by hour, you know, you got to die second by second. Um, but uh, yeah, there, there's a battle going on. I don't know about you, but I want to win this thing with all my heart. I really, really do. Um, uh, I've got about a minute and a half left. If I could just make one comment real quick, verse 18, it says, but if you're, if you be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. You know, Jesus did not come to do away with the law, but to fulfill it. Okay. If he has fulfilled the law, he didn't get rid of it. He, he fulfilled it. Then that means that the law of God, the do's and the don'ts of the Bible are right here linked to my arm. We're walking side by side with the law, not under it. We don't do what we do because of fear. Um, I believe there is a place for the fear of God. I do believe there is a place for that, but we ought to be living in the spirit in such a way to where we're not stepping into that realm. I had a healthy fear of my dad, but if I knew where to walk, I wasn't walking in fear. Okay. Uh, I only walked in fear when I knew I was getting too close to the edge. So what I would say to folks today is, is learn where to walk in the spirit and you're not underneath that law. You're walking arm in arm with it. And um, that's the happy spot in life. I got about 30 seconds left. You want to wrap it up? Yeah, when you're when you're yielding to the spirit and letting him tell you what's right and wrong, you don't have to worry about memorizing in our uh, every part of the law because the spirit's got it memorized. He's just going to lead mm-hmm. you and guide you into doing what's right and not only doing it uh, doing what's right but doing it with a great attitude. So uh, tune in next week and we'll continue this thought out of Galatians chapter number 5. God bless you. <laughs>